The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The Dodgers have four 100 RBI seasons for the first time in franchise history. Oh, and uh, Ronald Acuna has gone 40-70. That and a whole lot more coming up with Todd Zola and Jason Collette today on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Clay Link of Rotowire here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola and special guest Jason Collette. Jason, this is our final show together, uh, Todd and I, and really great to have you come through, man. It's, it feels like it's been a while. Uh, how have you been this season as we uh, wrap things up? I've been well. I'm trying to wrap things up, trying to hold on to a slim lead nail labor and a couple of other leagues where I'm in contention. So it's been a really good fantasy season. Although, you know, Clay, I didn't even get a chance to tell you this off air. Uh, I I, have met your voice doppelganger uh, because one of the guys (laughs) on the Rays broadcast, Chris Adams wall, you got to tune into the broadcast because every time he comes in, I'm like, when did Clay start working on the Rays radio broadcast? That's you funny. Guys That's like the first time hearing of this. Yeah, you need to check it out. You guys are voice twins, uh, so you have to check it out. So it feels like I hear you all the time, but it has been a while since uh, I, I've been on the show with you guys. Yeah, it's great to have you come through, man. Thanks for doing that. And, yeah, great season, Todd. Congrats on making it. Uh, you're probably sick, Todd, of talking about end-of-season awards, given your uh, – Twitter, Twitter, uh, back no, and forth. I'm sick of talking about it with people who are irrational about their defense without knowing, you know, the stats. Um, yeah, okay. So, I, I said Spencer Strider deserves consideration in the same uh breath as, as Blake Snell, and I'm now an idiot. I'm fat, I'm a, I'm ruining baseball. Um, oh, that's terrible. I need to get out of the base. Well, no, I am fat. But uh, I don't. I'm not an idiot. No, I'm not no, ruining. No. I'm not ruining baseball. Um, it, it's just. Uh, it's just some of the straw man arguments. I mean, if you want to tell me that you believe that the Cy Young Award should be based on outcomes, and even if the outcomes have a lot of luck involved, and the other pitcher is actually better, well, th- you believe that, and I, I'll accept that. But if you try to, if you're going to tell me that Blake Snell purposely walks batters to get to the next guy to strike him out, no, I'm not going to accept that. Yeah, that's a straw man <laughs> argument. Well, I, where I was you know, going was that with that was, you know, when I mentioned the Acuna thing, it's really a special. Well, it's, it's a oh. club that he himself is in. Um, but if you look at the Fangraphs WAR leaderboard. Mookie Betts does have the edge. Jason, do you have any strong take on this? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a funny thing. My son and I were actually talking about it this morning because he's like, "How can how are people even talking about anybody but Acuna winning it?" Uh, and yeah, it's the same conversation I had. I was like, you know, look at Mookie Betts. Look at what he's doing and playing three different positions uh, as well. I say, you know, Acuna is most very likely to win it, uh, but he's not going to get unanimous votes. When in any other season, a forty seventy would probably be lock solid. Uh, and I would say like the pitching stuff, you know, I, I don't tweet anymore, but I, I heard about Todd's uh, Todd's episode uh, this week. So, uh, and it's like, because I was, I was at Blake Snell Cy Young predictor this year. That's, and I said nice. that, and I didn't do it on the outcomes. I did it because 
the conditions were really ripe. Now, San Diego is disappointed, and I will fully admit when Blake Snell was 1-6 with a near-6 ERA, and I was like, this looks like about as bad of a bold prediction as I have ever made. And then he has pitched to a 120 ERA since uh, with everything and stranding just about every base runner possible and and pitching out of every single jam. And you know, I think I've said it. I think I've seen other people say it. This is like 2018 Robbie Ray all over again. And it certainly feels that way. Or 2021, whatever it was. Snell won the Cy Young. But it's it's Robbie Ray just a couple of years ago. Uh, and next year, like I'm fading the crap out of Snell. Want nothing to do with him. But this year, vested interest, because he was like a 3,800 to 1 odd to win the Cy Young. He's going to win it. I mean, because voters vote the way they do. Yep. And there's still many people that focus on the outcomes and not the skills argument as Todd. Now, maybe five to seven years from now. It wouldn't be a slam dunk case, but I, I see him getting like 18 of the 30 first place votes uh, and winning this. So that's where I stand. I'm very curious to see how the NL awards go, because honestly, the AL is pretty, pretty darn easy. Uh, Otani and Cole and call it a day. No arguments. <laughs> yeah, I think Cole probably wrapped it up. Probably already had it, but he probably put the uh, finishing touches on the Cy Young campaign last night. And yeah, even though Tani hasn't played in a month or so, uh, doesn't matter. I assume he's still <laughs> walking away with that well, uh, by a good margin. I, you know, you look at Acuna and Betts, and you know Acuna's got a, two more homers. He's got almost as many RBIs. He's got twenty more runs scored, and oh, fifty-six more stolen bases. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I, I forget who made the argument online, but it's kind of like, well, I thought we were kind of like. You know, and enforcing that stolen bases matter. Stolen bases, they matter until they don't for some people. And yeah, Betts has moved around the diamond, but that's, you know, even though it's a little easier to swipe bags now, I think that's still just a, a feat that we can't uh, ignore there. From a- yeah, well, depending upon which war, Acuna is a, at best, average right fielder with a strong arm. So that hurts him as far as some wars go. Mm-hmm. Don't tell that to Atlanta fans. Yeah, well, no. Well, I, <laughs> actually, Atlanta fans like me right now. Um, oh, no, they're not very happy. <laughs> you start criticizing his defense, I know. you'll That's get like, all the anecdotes thrown your least, way about what he's done this actually, year and there. Actually, I always preface this because I, you know, the according to the defensive metrics, which one may or may not, you know, right. take to heart depending upon uh, which one they're using, et cetera, and how they want to apply it. Um, it, it you know, it's it looks like he's – and from the games I've seen, I've seen some circuitous routes to balls, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and just that that's – any part of it with Acuna is he's so darn smooth that sometimes it's like he's, he's lackadaisical. No, he's just so darn smooth sometimes as well. So um, – and now, question talking about Otani slam dunk. What if Betts or Freeman were in the American League? Would it still be a slam? To me, just, no, there's no one be. else. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be. Yeah, Seegers, no Seegers had a great year, but he's played in what 116 yeah. games. Part of a, uh, what's going on with a, a, a Tony, I mean, a ton, I mean, yeah, he's the MVP, but there's just no challenges. And this speaks towards Jason, you probably have noticed this, Clay, maybe as well. Take a look at the league ERAs. The American, I mean, it used to be I'm, I'm taking a, my mixed team is going to have eight out of nine uh, NL pitchers. It's it's flipped. The AL ERA is significantly lower than the NL at this point, which means that the hitters in the NL are better than the AL. Well, numbers-wise. Well, no real pickups to talk about. Of course, that ship's kind of sailed. Although, if you're in a league that allows daily moves, throw out some names. You know, Jamer Candelario was reinstated from the IL. Uh, that'd be a nice add for the final weekend, I think. Uh, Gary yeah, Mitchell. Hmm? What's that? Yeah, second, Candelario catch a baseball. Cubs certainly need help with that. Man, it's yeah, been a rough week as a Cubs fan. Yeah, they've slid. I think my Reds have played their way out of it, but the Cubs, too. They've really uh, squandered well, an opportunity. The Reds are still mathematically alive, so I had to include them in my updated um, underdog rankings. I actually had left them out. Like, you know what? They're mathematically alive. I better leave them in. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't want to, you know, irritate you and Jeff. So, Well, I was wondering, because we're actually going to have a roundtable next week, 
early roundtable earlier than we've ever done it, looking ahead to 2024. Uh, me, Todd, Jeff, and uh, Eric Halterman. And I guess I'm kind of wondering, Jason, have you soured, you know, on some of these young Reds? You know, obviously, uh, a guy like Ellie De La Cruz has really struggled in the second half. Yeah, contact has certainly been an issue uh, mm-hmm. in the second half. He's ha- had some moments around some things. Uh, but, you know, my thought on this is it's it's good they've been given the opportunity. Like I saw a discussion somewhere this morning. Like you, you try to look at the facts, you know, taking it over to Baltimore. Uh, you know, the difference between Baltimore this year, the 100 win team that that projections had as a 75 87 team with a 1.3 percent chance of winning the league, uh, division rather, uh, and um, the 100 win team this year, it's like it's the young players. Last year, they wouldn't call any of these guys up when they did it was super late, and then you could see them getting better last year. So, the fact that that Cincinnati has allowed these kids to come up and sink or swim. They've had some moments where they were swimming. They've had some moments where they were sinking. This is good for their long-term development. So you could see Cincinnati uh, with the right moves, uh, or maybe maybe they don't even need to make the right moves because the biggest criticism of Baltimore this past winter is all he did was add Adam Frazier. Well, then they ended up promoting Gunnar Henderson. Then they brought up Jason Rodriguez. You know, then they did the rest of it. They brought up the internal pieces, uh, and here they are uh, as the AL East champs. Uh, with that so it's good that they're doing this with Cincinnati and giving these guys the time to learn from things and make the adjustments so uh, I know it's when you were staring at the possibility of a postseason it feels like a disappointment but in the long term this is good for them as real baseball this is good for their fantasy futures uh, because they've had this time to adjust versus just being yo-yoed back and forth to Louisville yeah, all good points. Matt McLean was the name I was trying to get out of my mouth there earlier, uh, but uh, yeah. he's obviously been hurt. But remember, there was like a week there where people were saying, hey, maybe Matt McLean could catch Corbin Carroll for you know, rookie of the year. That's how well Matt McLean was playing, but he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. De La Cruz has struggled and fallen in the lineup. You guys think this is a uh, final weekend for Joey Votto? I think this is it, Todd. Uh, I don't know. I, I've After watching his promo, I think he has some pro wrestling in his future. But... Um, <laughs> I'm a great manager, the, I feel like. I, exactly. I, I'm not a fan of, of Mad Dog Russo, so, but anyway. Now, as, as far as Cruz goes, yeah, exactly. Well, as far as Cruz <laughs> goes, somebody must be. He's all over the place. I don't like it when I turn on MLB Network Radio and it's like, why do they have to replay his show? Anyway, uh, never mind. I'm going to keep this positive. The um, <laughs> Speaking of keeping it positive, all right, so Adela Cruz, he's a kid that had contact issues. So he comes into the major league as a 21-year-older, and he has contact issues. I don't, I'm not holding that against him. Not yet. Yeah, if he yeah. doesn't improve over you know, 23 and 20, you know, 22 and 23, okay. But right now, he's come as advertised. Stats, stat sheet stuffer as far as home runs and stolen bases. And he, you know, the strikeout, the strikeouts are higher, but that's what MLE say they're going to be, you know, coming from the minors to the major. So I, I don't know if I'm drafting him in the second round, but like some people are. But I think, you know, I, I'm not down on De La Cruz because he's striking out 33, 34% of the time. Uh, McLean kind of surprised me a bit. Didn't know a lot about him on my radar. Maybe the injury drops the price a bit. Um, we're able to get mm-hmm. him. Um, I was really impressed with what I saw from him. Just a really well rounded player. Yeah, looked like he didn't look lost. Mm-hmm. Smart defensively, all, the, all those sorts of things. I think as, as far as the team goes, I think having Nick Lodolo lose as much time as he did is huge for next year because yeah. it's a lot of – well, Baltimore has to want to do it. We, we can, you know, ownership and management, et cetera. But with the new park and, you know, they can, they can, find, they can bring a free agent in and, and the guy's like – it's not going to hurt my Hall of Fame chances pitching in Baltimore. I mean, it's kind of extreme. Uh, but I think Cincinnati may have a tough time uh, signing the best pitchers because it's the Great American Small Park. So they need to develop them. And I'm not down on Lodolo. I'm just down on the fact that, what, can we project him for 100, 120 innings at most? He may get 140, but he didn't pitch that many this year. So yeah, like, setback really hurt. Yeah. So it, to me, it, it set back the development as well as the buffer. You know, I'm, 
forget the Tom Verducci, all that stuff. You still need more than whatever it is, 20 innings to be able to trust, you know, to be a full season next year. I like I like how Hunter Green is as strong in September as he was coming up. I think Hell yes. I think that's a good sign. And I think the team, the nature and the just the, the groove of the young players, I think you can sign starters. I think, you know, may overlook the park. You know, the White Sox a few years back were able to sign some pitchers, even though that's a pitcher's park, hitter's park. So I think it's possible. And I do, th- I do think there is a groove building in Cincinnati that it may be a fun place to play, d- despite the potential of giving up a home run on a bunt. Well, one other name I'll throw out there for those still active in Dynasty Keeper Leagues, Orion Kirkering. You guys see him? Pretty nasty fastball slider combo. His dad was uh, had some waterworks throughout the inning, which I thought was kind of cool. The Philly, the Philly reliever. Yeah. Yeah, the slider is unreal. There was a yeah. great uh, – I saw a great write-up on Fangraphs. I forget the author. Uh, but I w- was watching that game, and the slider is just absolutely filthy. And and you don't need too much to see, like, ooh, this could be fun in the postseason. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be fun to watch him in the postseason. I would make one more point with, like, De La Cruz. It, it's it's pretty, you know, logical to draw a line to, like, hey, O'Neill Cruz, right? And we talk about all the strikeout problems O'Neill Cruz had – in 2022 coming into 2023 you go back and look at his adp during the peak of draft season for a rotowire season o'neill cruz was firmly at the end of the fifth round so for all the same flaws and the same talents he was still going in the end of the fifth round so it's going to be the same kind of thing with ellie de la cruz uh, if not even a little more helium because ellie de la cruz could be even better but that's where things were with uh o'neill cruz uh, adp staring firmly at 62 at the peak of draft season yeah, that's a good, you know, point, kind of a comparison that I imagine we'll, where we will be seeing De La Cruz next year. And real quick, Jason, any initial thoughts on Junior Caminero? He led off our show last week. What are your initial impressions? You are our go-to Rays guy. Uh, I would like to see if they can get out of the contract of the guy that I don't want to mention and just take that money and give it to Camonero. He should not be. Uh, so it's, you know, I've, I've watched the very first, uh, his first game with a lot of interest on that Saturday and his first at bat, he, uh, accepted a walk. Uh, and it was impressive to watch the plate discipline on that because he took some really good change-ups from Hung Jin Ryu uh, and did not swing at him. He swung at the only one that was in the strike zone, and then he spit on every one of them that was not in the strike zone. He's had you know, three batted ball hits, and the, and the softest of those three was 106 off the bat. Uh, so you know, his, his the second game of the Boston series wasn't as great. Uh, had the the, you know, the batted ball outcomes weren't uh, that well, so we'll see what he does this weekend in Toronto. Uh, you know, he's been given an opportunity here at the end because you know, Brandon Lau's out for the year. Luke Rayleigh is pretty much done with back trouble, so Caminero is in the lineup, uh, and he certainly looks more mature at the plate than a twenty-year-old. We would expect most twenty-year-olds to do, but you know the it's it should be fun watching him next year and getting this experience. You know, over the years. As a as a race fan, we've often opine, you know, pined for like, oh, please promote this guy, please promote this guy, and they sit in Durham and bake and bake and bake like Desmond Jennings. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it was a good reason Desmond Jennings just never materialized. Uh, so it was one of these things where when they called him up for Double A, it was like, whoa, uh, did he earn it? Yeah, I mean, he had a monster season this year. That said, I think it was more out of the circumstances than anything else. It's just you know, kind of like when they debuted the opener years ago. It wasn't like it was a strategy they wanted to use. At the point when they when they rolled out Sergio Romo to kick off the opener uh, against the Angels, it was they had four starting pitchers that are out at the major league level. And then Durham was short for a few arms. And then they looked at the lineup and said, hey, wait, this is a very heavy right-handed lineup. And we've got a reliever that just spins a bunch of sliders. Let's give this a shot. Uh, and so you know, next year, we'll see how this all shakes out uh, with how the team manages things in the offseason. But it, again, it wouldn't shock the three of us if Kevin ever opens the season in Durham uh, as much as if they give him a long-term deal and he makes the opening day roster. Both those outcomes are extremely likely. Yeah, all good points. It's kind of against their organizational philosophy, but it was circumstances that dictated it, and we'll have to see about 
Junior Caminero, definitely an exciting player, very early in his career. So, now he's hard to draw any conclusions. Yeah. He's a right-handed batter, mm-hmm. which would think would be a detriment in the Rays' plans, but they've shown that if you're worthy, you're a full-time player, regardless of what side you hit from. So I don't think you have to pigeonhole him into being a platoon player. I think he has a chance to be an everyday player. Um, I'm not counting on it from opening day next year, but my long-term plans are still I'm not giving him a raised discount because of their stratomatic-type uh, approach to the game. Yeah, I would say the we should know by the peak of draft season next year what the what the the April um location is for him you know historically when this team has decided they're going to do something they tend to do it rather early for these types of guys so that's where i I could see we should know before we head into like the peak let's say we're in new york city for tout wars we'll know before that when it happens now labor different story you know labor's gonna be early march that could be anything uh but the would be one of those players i would expect to see a different price tag for uh in auctions the uh, early in the month than we will at the end of the month and then draft season uh right now people will just assume hey he's going to be up let's go for it uh and then that could look you know that could go either way uh come late march well what the oh todd you got something else i was gonna say you know i mean it's gonna keep it positive it also may depend on that guy we're not talking about yeah that's a a fair point we'll have to wait and see on that well, we will uh, talk a little bit about tonight's slate through the lens of Rival Fantasy, but let me tell you a little bit about Rival first. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo and Head-to-Head Player Challenges. With games like this, fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up. Deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. We appreciate their sponsorship uh, throughout the entire season. It's been uh, fun kind of getting familiar with the platform. We'll kind of throw some perspective challenges back and forth here in this segment. And I, I think, Todd, you mentioned before the show how much you like Nick Pavetta tonight against uh, what is expected to be the hungover lineup, the hangover lineup for uh, Baltimore. Yes, I do. And, uh, I, yeah, I do. And, and you know, whenever it be a fantasy or DFS or rival, whatever you're playing, the edge always goes to the team or the player with something on the line. And there's a lot of teams. I, I did not, you know, switching over to a different friend of ours, Underdog Fantasy, re-upped their rankings. And I there were 15 of the 30 teams that still have a chance at the playoffs anyway, which is, which is my math is right, almost half the league. Um, so, uh, it, all right. I was meant to, it's half a league guys. I know, I know my numbers. It was a joke. I just don't have an audience here to laugh. Um, or maybe they, maybe I got the right response. I don't know. Anyway, um, like Pavetta tonight, cause he's, you know, he's going to give it his all against a lineup. That's probably not going to be uh, as strong as normal. Baltimore has today. Yeah. Minnesota lost. Right. So, well, actually it's with the other division. Anyway, Baltimore has the first round by locked up. Yeah, there was still a chance the Twins could sneak into the bye, but I think their latest loss may have eliminated that chance. But anyway, so Baltimore's got a lot of players to play a lot, so I expect to see them play sparingly over the weekend. Maybe as soon as tonight. Pavetta's a professional. He's you know I think we'll go out and see some strikeouts tonight. Um, you know, an interesting you know talk about the challenges. We need to be make people accept it. Zach Gallon's going with a lot on the line against Houston. Yeah, that's a tough. So, one. You know, you got you got Pavetta versus Gallon. You know, in a vacuum, Gallon. You know, if it wasn't for Snell, Gallon could with the Cy Young, etc. So I may put that one out there to see if anybody uh, is just going to bid on the name or accept the challenge on the name and not really think through the circumstances. That's a good one. You could get a nibbler too there. I was thinking. One that maybe you could get um, on the other side, and you know who knows—he's been so up and down this season. But Carlos Rodon, 
on the road in Kansas City against Jordan Lyles. He, he hasn't been good. You know, he's he had his struggles, but he does have a well, a 10k outing and a 9k outing recently. Uh 23 to 5k to walk over his last 18 innings. Is this a guy that's I guess more generally for next year, Jason, you're going to be looking to buy low on Carlos Rodon? Uh, a lot lower than what I paid for him this this uh, past year. <laughs> I mean, I there, there was a particular league where uh, I want to say, did I take Ray and I think I have Ray and Rodon as my first two starting pitchers. Crazily, crazy enough, I still may win that draft the draft wow. and hold because uh, that those were my first two starting pitchers. But the depth I drafted later on saved me uh, with that. So it's it what was it's at all the about, time. Man. I had gone hitting heavy and I was like, Oh, let me take the strikeouts and take the risk. And, and both risks burned uh, quickly with that. But you're right. I mean, Rodon has looked better here of late, uh, but the <laughs> early returns were certainly rather terrible uh, with that. So that's kind of the concern. I think the other part of this, you know, the, the hungover Baltimore thing is certainly something this used to be before the rules changed. When we used to have 40 man rosters, I mean, this used to be, uh, this would be a layup game because right. every kid would be in the lineup, but there's only two extra bats laying around. Yeah, true. And like, you look at this Baltimore lineup, they're going to want to get Mount castle in there uh, because he's been on the IL and they want him to get uh, fresh before the, the post, especially with the layoff they get in the first round. So let's get Mount castle in there. This is going to be a game that Jorge Mateo may be in there, even though it's a righty, it's like, hey, go play because Gunnar Henderson's hungover. Uh, and let's hey, let's have uh, Urias or Heston Kerstad, like James McCann, you're catching tonight. Yeah, their, so, their reserves are good. <laughs> that's the thing, yeah. It's, that's This is one of the things. But you look at Baltimore this year, why they were able to outperform their projections by 25-plus games uh, is they're hitting outside of the two stints that Cedric Mullins and then Ryan Mountcastle have been on the IL. It's like they haven't had the injury problems that everybody else in baseball uh, has been impacted. And their one run record is absurd this year. It's like even better than what Seattle was last year uh, with that. So that's one of the things. And the other thing looking at some of the matchups tonight is how, how far in the game do some of these guys go? Like, yeah, John means is on the uh, mound for Baltimore, but does he go more than three innings? I mean, they've got an eight man bullpen who hasn't really had to do a bunch of work of late. Uh, and so you could see Jacob Webb come in for a long thing, Jorge Lopez, even, even Jack Flaherty, if they're going to give him one more shot to say, is this somebody I want to put on the playoff roster? Uh, so that's some of the other thing I'm concerned about is some of these matchups like, oh, this looks good, but is he going to be out there? Like I, I would lean Nate Eovaldi because that matchup, that, that matchup against uh, Seattle has a lot oh, oh, on oh. the line. Uh, and so, and Seattle has certainly had their troubles putting runs uh, on the board. Jorge, uh, Jorge Julio Rodriguez, uh, has been striking out uh, in some very key moments. The 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 one against Hector Norris uh, was uh, more notable this week, but he's come up with a lot of guys on base uh, in that last series and left a lot of guys on base. Yeah, we. Are, I want to mention too. We do have a postponement already in yeah uh, Queens, and it sounds like. I mean, I saw some of the pictures on Twitter. Oh, what's underwater? Flooding. <laughs> yeah, serious yeah. flooding. There. Yeah, and, and, and I think Skip Schumacher is still underneath the tarp there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the you know twelve. Do they need after. to do any if that game is if they end up postponing? Do they even need to play that game? I mean, what does Philly Mets, have? Mets Phillies, Philly? no, they've got the they've got their they're locked. Okay, Philly's locked right into the um the top wild card. So, so that could they, be why. I mean, that could literally figuratively be washed out. Uh, right. So right. because right. they don't and but they may need they still may need to play that half inning on yeah, Monday that, with yeah. Miami. Yeah, that's just sure. crazy. Uh, yeah, they, no. Well, the game is rescheduled for tomorrow, so they're going to try to get it in. Oh, I, I don't you. know what I don't know what the weather is for tomorrow, uh, but that to means seven and a third last game. I think you, you mentioned Flaherty. I think I think they want to get Means comfortable to be in the playoff rotation. So I'm not as concerned. He's looked good to me. I've watched him pitch a few times. Yeah. I was really he had that two that two stepper against Cleveland, and I forgot the other one last week, Houston. and I was concerned. Oh At yeah, Houston. I was concerned like he was going to go to Houston with the short uh, with the with the ballpark issue, and then he pitched great there. And then Cleveland because Means doesn't have the strikeouts yet. I mean, he's the changeup is a field pitch. He's not all a hundred percent way back. And so I was concerned that a a high contact approach team like Cleveland could give Means trouble. But just like everything, do I sound like a bitter Rays fan? Yeah, 
they have a golden <laughs> horseshoe up there, you know what, this year. And, and Means got every batted ball exactly the way he wanted it to work out. Uh, and so to me, it feels like he's ready uh, to post it. And he was like their midseason acquisition that they hoped they yeah. were getting out of Flaherty, who just hasn't worked out. Flaherty's been terrible. Maybe he can be good out of the bullpen. There's no way he's going to the uh, the rotation as a uh, in the playoff rotation. That said, he is the only pitcher on this staff with any kind of playoff experience. Jeez, that's yeah. true. Yeah. You mentioned you talk about Seattle and Houston. I mean, Brian Wu's in the mix as far as uh, pitching tonight because he's pitching for something. But that division, what's that? I won't use the right word, but what's it? Mary kiss. No, Mary kill. And um, <laughs> let's go Mary kiss kill. Let's, let's yeah, keep uh, family well, friends. That's like that? it's, 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 <laughs> it's have a buy, be a wild card, or play golf. Yeah, you know, between, I wasn't sure where you were going with that, but yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to come back next year, so I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> um, my favorite ever of that ilk was our buddy Joe Sheehan did it with the uh, with the Patriots tight ends when it was Gronkowski, uh, Tim Tebow, and uh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, I thought that was one of the best Twitter jokes ever. You can figure <laughs> out which one goes where, anyway. Um, so, Brian Wu, is he pitching for a spot in Seattle's playoff rotation? It's here, Bryce Wilson. Once, if you get past the three-game series, uh, best of five, and if they make the best of seven. Um, I'm heavily invested in Seattle in my underdog uh, uh, playoff teams. So, I'm go with that, that comeback win last night. Go Mariners. That uh, was a fun game last night, too. Uh, yeah, I can root for the Mariners. They're Reds West, essentially. Yeah, so, so uh, but, uh, you know, Wu or Wilson for that, that third playoff, or that fourth playoff spot, pitching spot, is interesting. And a lot could be what happens against a tough Houston lineup tonight. How do you people stay up and watch West Coast games? Like, I lasted like four innings into that game. Well, you have a real job, so you have to get up to do your real job. I was vested I because I, I was looking at the Logan Gilbert. I, I have Logan Gilbert and Tal or in labor. And I was like, I would love to get a win out of Logan Gilbert. And then I was like, okay, cool. I, I, I see that he was on the hook for a win. Uh, and then that went away and it went to Munoz instead, who pitched terribly four pitches and got the win. Stupid spat. One other name I wanted to run by you for tonight is Joe Ryan. Because he's yeah. had his ups and downs. Would you consider yeah. maybe taking a challenge uh, with him in cores tonight? I, 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 I know because it may just be you know Minnesota is another one of those um, probably going to be playing in the first round. So you may want to get him three or four innings, and you don't you don't want your playoff pitchers going into their first game having given up seven runs in yeah, three exactly. innings, even if it is in Colorado. You yeah, want over under is eleven runs, but this yeah. feels like a big start for him tonight. Yeah, you want you want to end the season on a high note, so I'm not sure that I'd be going taking that challenge. Yeah, there's. I mean, you look at their. I'm looking at their bullpen and the rest they have. Uh, you know, guys like Chris Paddock has thrown 40 pitches this week. He's uh, and good. He <laughs> they have Cody <laughs> Thunderberg, who has not thrown a pitch in four days. They have Caleb Thielbar, who's thrown 18 pitches this week. Uh, yeah, they've got a well-rested bullpen. This may be the game. This may be the chance to use it uh, because tomorrow it's uh, on Saturday. It's undecided. Saturday looks to be a bullpen by committee day, and Sunday they got Bailey Ober going. Hmm. I, I mean, points. Paddock was maybe just because you know it's it's it is what it is right now. You know, reliever, he was throwing harder. I mean, he was just he was just you know kind of you know letting it loose he gave up three runs to oakland but his stuff you know the velocity was up etc so i mean let's let's use my enthusiasm let's temper it a bit but i just as a short inning reliever i think paddock has some value right now not fantasy wise yeah well yeah the over under there in uh, colorado is 11 runs i might take a guy like woo over over ryan but ryan did have uh, a bounce back effort his last time out struck out 10 so he's been a little up and down all season, but uh, hopefully, well, for the, hopefully for Twins fans and the Twins, he's able to head into the postseason on the right note. 
you guys have any other final thoughts uh, on tonight's slate? Okay, I just wish I lived closer to a major league stadium. I'm looking at some of this. I was just looking at, uh, at tickets in Milwaukee. I can get a seat behind home plate for in Milwaukee for under $50 tonight. Jeez, really? That's, you know, it's just like, I, I know people are saving this stuff, drive. but it's just like, man, it, here in Charlotte, beautiful day. I, I would love to be able to go to a baseball game tonight. I know the the uh, Gastonia Hunty, uh, Honey Hunters are in a, a postseason contention. Uh, but Gastonia, even though it's like West Charlotte, may as well be on the other side of the world that time of day. Uh, and I think first pitch is 6.30, which means I'd have to leave here about 4.30 to get there uh, type of thing. But, yeah, I would love to have the ability to go to a major league game uh, one more time before the regular season ended. Because this year I went to uh, – I've been to two. I went to opening day at Yankee Stadium, and I went to a game in Atlanta uh, sometime in May. That's been it. I don't recall. Yeah, I did not go to another game this year, and that's really low for me. That is low for you. I, I maybe the Milwaukee fans are distracted by the uh, Dame Lillard trade, but hopefully they turn up <laughs> again in the postseason. Um, oh, I'm sure the place with that will be talk. sold out. But it's just, yeah. you know, even you know, just looking at some of the matchups, the one that really drew my uh, interest uh, was uh, the the Angels and Athletics are playing in Anaheim tonight. Tickets are as low as two dollars. <laughs> oh god! See, that'd be the kind of game I'd love to attend and just sit in the nosebleeds and just. Take it all in. I've never been out to any of those West Coast stadiums myself. Well, let me bring oh, you. I, did another... go to Anaheim. I, I forgot. I did go to a game there too uh, in June. So really? I have to three this year. Oh, nice. Three more than yeah, I got to get to. Uh, I got to get to Petco and I got to get to AT&T and Dodger Stadium. I, I got to make the West Coast road trip. At some yeah, point. just make it a West fly into one city and then fly out, fly out of the other. Just make your yeah. way up or down the, the state. What's your and, total uh, at now, Jason? For... I've been to all of them. You've been to every park now. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's. Amazing. I made it uh, when we when travel restrictions were lifted. I finished the. I went to Cleveland. I went to Texas, the new Texas, uh, and Kansas City was the last one I went to. How's the you... new Texas park? Sorry, Todd. Well, it's just a dumb joke. I'll make it in a minute. Is the okay, new Texas park all right? I, I actually love the new Texas park. Yeah. On the outside, it looks like a giant warehouse, but inside, I, I loved what they did with it. it. There's a lot of space. A lot of different. One of the things I like to do is just move around stadiums and and try different seats out. Because as long as you're not getting greedy, you can pretty much go sit anywhere. Uh, you just can't like, oh, I'm gonna go sit behind the dugout. Now I've done that too. I went, I made it my way to the first row behind the dugout in Comerica in the ninth inning, and nobody questioned me because it was in between innings. And I'm like, okay, if people are leaving, I'm sliding down. Nobody's gonna care. Uh, but I like going around, and I really did enjoy my time at the new Texas Park. Uh, and so. Next park uh, is either going to be whatever they do in Las Vegas. Uh, and then obviously when Tampa Bay gets their new ballpark, I'm absolutely going to that one. Oh, yeah. Congrats on that. See what Fingers crossed they finish it. But yes, uh, I, I'm glad there's not going to be a, an Expos-like situation where they uh, become nomads or or it's just one one less hostage city uh, that mm-hmm. can be used by somebody else. Just so the li- I think the listeners probably realize this, but just, so that, just to emphasize, when people look for a job, they usually look at the retirement benefits and health plan and vacation. Jason sees what the travel is going to be like and if it's going to be near major league ballparks. And, that- and Todd's not joking. I mean, there was <laughs> you know, previously, you know, for those who don't know, my work by day is I work in educational technology. And there was a time where I almost lived on the road. Uh, you know, I would talk to baseball scouts, we all know, and they were like, man, you travel more than I do. Uh, <laughs> so there would be times where I would get request like hey i need you to come to this city and the first thing i do is i check i don't check my personal availability i check the baseball schedule and be like oh <laughs> yeah i can be in anaheim on june 25th and they would and so i'd like oh hey we're going to a game i gotta fly home the next morning <laughs> you know, go to the meeting but that's what i would do i would check the schedule and then i would say okay i'm available on these days uh unless it was a major fire but most of my work is is proactive relationship stuff so i don't have to like be anywhere on short notice anymore but that's how i got to all 30 stadiums i will fully admit my my professional career <laughs> is what has escalated that and i've been to like 30 minor 37 league. i've been to a few of them that have been closed but yeah that's how i got to all the 30 parts you go to some minor league games too yeah yeah i uh i've been able to i mean we i go to i went to probably 20 minor league games here in north carolina this year but even Previously on travel, one time I had to go to Johnson City, Tennessee, 
uh, and I got to see Tom Zapucky pitch. Uh, I went to opening night of the uh, the game in the area, and Tom Zapucky was on the mound, struck out 13 in seven innings. This was before his Tommy John surgery, but I was like, man, this guy's amazing. Uh, and I was just in the area, got to see some of that. So uh, if, if I'm traveling for something, I'm checking the baseball schedules, whether it's independent league, yeah. minor league, major league, uh, to try to get to a game. You mentioned scouts and – you know, quick plug for the uh, fast pitch, fast pitch, first pitch, Arizona. A couple of, couple of my favorite conversations are in the poker room between the non poker players, the scouts yourself and a couple others that do traveling, just talking about the dive bars, which are their favorite dive bars in the area. Cause I used to be a dive bar at aficionado in my dive bar days, but I no longer am, but it's just describing some of these bars. Like, yeah, I was in that bar, but it was named something else. It was in Cleveland. Uh, you know, so it's just kind of fun anyway. Yeah, it is. I'm surprised they don't have it. They may have an unofficial one, but I remember talking to one uh, team person as he got started with it and he reached out. He's like, okay, what do I do? You're the only, you're the most travelous person I know. <laughs> what do I sign up for? Where do I stay? What are the tips and trades uh, for that? At one point I was running a WordPress site uh, to do all that stuff. And then I shut it down. And, like he was one of the first people I heard from. He's like, dude, I love that site. <laughs> But I just I don't travel as much anymore. I go like five, six times a year, and half of it's to see you guys. So, well, I got to follow in your footsteps. I get to more parks because I've you know I've been to probably I don't know a third of them, but I got to increase that number. I really like Baltimore. I went when I was a kid. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's I usually I did not make it up this year, but I normally make it up for uh, a couple of Rays games every year because I can. I can drive it if I want to. I've taken Southwest direct flights uh, out of Charlotte. I, one time I took the train because the, the the train station, uh, one of the many union stations around the country, but the union station there in Baltimore is not too far from Camden. So you can take that uh, and go. But it is, uh, I was in Baltimore on the way up to Tout this year, uh, but it was, you know, middle of March, so no games. Uh, but it was, yeah, I took the train from uh, Baltimore. I flew into Baltimore for the work part, and then I took a train up to uh, New York City for the rest of the uh, weekend. That sounds fun, man. Well, yeah, it's uh, kind of a, a new page I have to turn and make it a point next year to get to, uh, to cross some parks off the list. All right, I will bring you guys one last little piece of business here, if you'll bear with me. Then we will take one last look back at the season that was. All right. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flights. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There's a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10 for the whole game, average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Right now you can get access to the HRF premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. All right, we will be back momentarily. Clay Link, Jason Collette, and Todd Zola on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys. Well, it's been a great season. And uh, Jason, we appreciate you coming through to stop by. We'll kind of wrap things up with just a, kind of a general look at, at the top earners for the year and any final thoughts we may have on the season. You know that the number two earner behind Acuna is uh, another Brave, right? Yeah, Matt and that's we we would expect Matt Olson to have a good season. Oh, it's based not on Garcia? <laughs> based on the spot in the lineup, <laughs> but the, the the home runs have just been wow. Uh, yeah. It's just it's it's great Up for him down the local lineup. kid. But man, it's unbelievable what he's uh, what he's done. He has taken he's taken a great situation and made it even better than any of us expected. Yeah, and I want to be clear that I'm I'm looking at our earned auction values calculator at Rotowire. Definitely check it out. Rotowire.com slash pod for a free trial to check out the site. And I want to say that, you know, as I have it here, this is not including Otani's hitting and pitching. Right. So Otani checks in as a $37 hitter for the season. Um, and actually behind Acuna and Olsen is another former, well, a former we, brave. And Freddie back to Olsen for just a second. Yeah. 136 RBI, 126 runs. All right, you're gonna you're gonna tip the century mark mm-hmm. um, in that lineup with a, with a nice 281 average. I don't I don't know that you can expect that number next year. I wonder if he's going to be overdrafted based upon those two numbers. Which sure they matter upon the you know the the player influences them. But there are a whole lot of you know a whole lot about the team as well. But the team is really really good too. Those numbers are really inflated: one thirty six RBI and one hundred twenty six runs. So mm-hmm. uh, let's look to see where he falls. It's uh, I mean those are great. It's a great point. It's it's just crazy the amount because you go back and you look at you know you look at how often that's been done uh, over the years. As you were saying that, I was pulling up the the stat head report. Uh, right. To take a look at how just not even a 120, 130, just a double 120 and how often that's been done. Uh, and Bonds, McGuire, Sosa are the top, you know, by, <laughs> this is sorted by home runs. So do with that what you will. Aaron Judge, the one, you know, uh, just yeah. last season, Roger Maris, Babe Ruth twice, Giancarlo Stanton. I'm still looking for a good comp here, but Stanton's line may be it. The Stanton's, you know, demise came to injuries. Luis Gonzalez back in 2001, Alex Rodriguez 2002. Again, do with this what you will. Uh, but in the say in the modern era, we've seen it with with Albert Pujols, Josh Donaldson, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Matt Olson. And when I say yeah. modern, I should rephrase that in the post PED testing era. That's those are the five names that have pulled that feed off. Notice none of them have done it twice. The previous right. four didn't repeat. Really good stuff. Yeah, that that as far as runs plus RBI, that's just it's a wicked. Maybe it's like Sean thing. Green of 2001, where he had 121 <laughs> runs, 125 RBIs, 49 home runs. Maybe that's the best comp that we have. Is Sean yeah, Green? I think that's a really maybe good maybe an article idea him. for you, Todd. You like? I think I need another one. <laughs> yeah also you know olsen's batting 281 i don't necessarily know that you uh project him as a two i mean dinner. he's gonna get some days off this weekend but i mean his the durability is is pretty good it's just so rare that you play that many games for that many seasons i'm not wishing an injury upon him this is this is something i'll be talking about a lot this offseason in that there's a lot of uh science to the projection of the skills and whatnot, stat cast and all that stuff. But playing time is more art. And the science behind playing time is more related to other people in that no one has had this many seasons of this many games in a row. So therefore you should expect this player not to play 160 games again. But you look and you say, but the guy's done it three years in a row. I got to project it a fourth year, but no one does it four years in a row. The so Whit Merrifield argument. Yeah, so it's one of those, you know, uh, uh, Francisco Lindor. There's a bunch of players that, you know, this supply for which this applies. And you can do it with pitching with two, with, with someone like Sandy Alcantara with the with the innings. But, you know, you, so it's in, I, I kind of talked to Jeff about this a little bit. Actually, it was through the pot when he was doing a podcast 
through the notes in that there are a lot of players this year who are just blowing away their previous high and plate mm-hmm. appearances. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think this year more than ever, I'm going to do my own version of the Steamer 600 to get, you know, an independent view of the player's skills because then it gets skewed when you apply playing time. I think at some point, you know, you're like, well, is he, you know, I think you, you are at the top, the top of the draft list. Yeah. You need to think about playing time, but after a certain point, I think this point is earlier this year. I think you got to focus more on the skills because we're not sure what's going to happen with the playing time. So let's draft the higher skilled player, even though he may be lower on someone else's list because of your list, because maybe he's played, you know, less or, or, or something, but uh, playing time this year is going to be very interesting uh to 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 think about because there are so many players and this kind of goes against the pitch clock making more injuries but i think it makes maybe making more of them on the pitching side obviously great point well yeah freddie freeman is the number three earner to date at uh, 41 i was thinking to myself you know you can't really overdraft freddie freeman anymore but you know, he has 23 steals, and I don't think I'll have him ahead of guys like uh, Bobby Witt and you know, even Corbin Carroll next year. I just, I still think he's probably back of the, the first round, not uh, any higher based on this season. I think if you if you add the, if you can't necessarily put it into the projection, but you can put it in your head, if you add the reliability, consistency, and durability, I think he jumps up past those guys. So okay. it's, it's more, of a, more of a uh, approach. Yeah. And, yeah. And this is to I, say, that taking wits wrong because I think he may have a higher upside mm-hmm. because if he has his gets his average up, he's now past Freeman. But true, it's 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 more of your your mindset than anything else. Yeah, I think I would just personally rather have the the steals uh, be, feel a little bit more confident about the steals. I just don't know if that'll continue for Freddie. Maybe it will, but especially with these new rules. But uh, behind Freeman, uh, Mookie Betts at forty dollars earned. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, 38, Corbin Carroll, 38, Bobby Witt, 37, Otani, 37, just as a hitter, uh, Kyle Tucker, 35, and then Francisco Lindor. What a 30, bounce 30, back baby. season for him. $31 earned, uh, 30-30 season. You going to be in on Lindor next year, Jason? I was in on him this year. Uh, I've continued to go the volume play uh, with it, but yes, yeah, it was a nice – he was a, a very uh, – Somebody that I had targeted. I really wanted a lot of Lindor this year and tried to get him uh, more places than I had him. But yeah, this was this was a nice, uh, very very nice bounce back season for him, uh, coming off the expect the switch of teams and all the pressures that come along with that. Absolutely. Yeah, he certainly justifies the smart system from my buddies Glenn and Rick. Right? He's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, they can continue to to pimp that system and use Lindor as their example. Um, back real quick. There were five players with 700 plate appearances last year. There are already nine with one at 699, one at 698. So we're looking at 11. And if Trey Turner, uh, with especially with the doubleheader coming up, uh, well, he may not play both games, but he's on the, he's on the cusp as well. So there, we're going to double the amount of players with 700 plate appearances, uh, which is just obscene. And it's really tough. I've looked at this previously. If you want to project somebody for back-to-back 700-plus plate appearances, uh, I wrote about it in previous installment of Collect Calls at some point uh, and, and looked at it. And that's why I jokingly said the Whit Merrifield argument earlier because yeah. there was a point where you know I basically said the dude's either Wolverine or something's happening to him this year. And it, you know maybe that was last year's, but it finally happened. But if you go back and look, I looked at, you know, hey, these are guys with multiple 700 play appearances. I'd be more concerned about anybody who already has two of them because I don't recall finding a third. Something happened at some point with that, but I don't recall seeing anybody with three consecutive 700 plus plate appearances unless it was a. a, a I think Semyon's there. Year. I think Semyon's there. Uh, he may be Wolverine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Simeon's right up there in terms of earners, $30. And uh, Trey Turner. In the bank. He, uh, yeah, Simeon he has been money in the bank the last this, couple of This years. will be Turner's third. And that's because in 2020, it was kind of impossible to get 700. Right. That's true. Well, yeah. Guess, Trey Turner. Guess who led the league and played games played that year? Matt he Olson. didn't, though. He, he didn't, though. <laughs> Matt and, Olson played all six. But in 2019, he had 747. So it's four of the past five with the one year 
that he couldn't because yeah. of the uh, the pandemic season. So Semyon, like you said, yeah, he's just a freak. And Trey Turner, for as much as he was maligned for his first what three four months, he's been a twenty six dollar earner. So there's yeah. you know the kind of Philly like ovation he received. <laughs> maybe you write that off, but there is something to the human element, I think, and maybe that kind of uh, calmed his nerves and allowed him to just kind of be himself again. Uh, and then skipping down the list just a little ways further from that, $24 earned Lane Thomas, Oof. folks. Um, I give the, the Nats credit for holding on to him and not trading him because I'm not expecting a $24 season next year, but it looks like he is a legitimate piece uh, that they can build around. I'm concerned about that 27 ERA he has from the one inning he pitched this year. <laughs> oh, uh, but other man. than that, I honestly have no, in all seriousness, uh, between what Lane Thomas has accomplished and what in CJ Abrams there, that is just yeah. a, a, a terrific, you know, a, something to build around. But those two, I mean, Lane Thomas, I remember hearing a, a, some late buzz around him at one point uh, into the draft season, but CJ Abrams had fallen off a lot of people's radars. And maybe it's because I have to talk to Justin Mason at least once a week, but man, he all winter. I still love C.J. Abrams. I'm not uh, I, quitting on that guy. I've, I've, well, I'm, you know, like Justin, I was on him, and I've got two teams where it was like I don't need a shortstop, and my utilities filled, but I can't let him go any further. Mm-hmm. And one of my teams was J.D. Martinez in that spot, so I was able to get him in. Another was Xander Bogarts, the shortstop. So at one point, he was better than Bogarts. So I've gotten Abrams in there, but I'm kind of, I was kind of with. Now is you know give me the the win there, but I'll take the loss on Louis Garcia, because I expected him to make a similar leap, as did uh, as did uh, Abrams. But you know no, it, it didn't work out for Garcia there. Um, Kybert Ruiz, I think I don't know, I don't think you can call it a win or a loss. I think he 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 didn't fall back, but he may not have taken the step forward that maybe some had hoped. So this is another team. We're talking about Baltimore. We're talking about uh, the Reds. I didn't see enough out of Josiah Gray, but I saw enough to to still be cautiously optimistic. And the same with McKenzie. So th- you know, this is a team that can go out and get a pitcher, maybe, and uh, and we'd be talking about them next year in the in the wild card round. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, big fan of Gray. I enjoyed the uh, Josiah Gray Kyle Bradish matchup earlier this week. <laughs> And I wrote an article about about one year ago uh, today on those two and how excited I was about them in 2023 for the um, this current season. And then they went out and had a pitcher's duel, one nothing game uh, with that. So, yeah, I think a final uh, final point I'd want to make is with some of these teams going, we mentioned earlier, like Jack Flaherty is the only starting pitcher, using air quotes here, that has any experience with Baltimore. And we know that every postseason inning is does not equal one inning pitch. The stress of a postseason inning goes a little further than that. And you look at Baltimore, none of these guys have pitched in the postseason, and now they're going into that particular situation. So, like I said, love Bradish this year. You look at him as, as a 25, I think he was $25 earner uh, as a, in a 15-team format this year uh, with that. But, you know, $22 earner here with uh, 12 wins, 286 ERA, 105 whip, and 163 strikeouts. Uh, but – What's the impact on him? He's already about 25 to 30 innings over last year's workload. Now he's going into the postseason. And if you project Baltimore as somebody that can go into that second and even to the World Series, the extra work that's going to happen there, how do you start looking at these guys in the offseason? Because we've seen it. We've even seen it with veterans. Uh, I think back to like Justin Verlander, uh, his last big postseason run the next year coming out of the gate. He stumbled. So I want to see how some of these younger teams, let's, let's say Seattle does make it. How does that impact Logan Gilbert? How does that impact um, Brian Wu? How does that impact George Kirby versus if we've seen it struggle with veterans and these pitchers, as Todd made the point earlier, how they're already exceeding some of their previous career highs and some of them even more so. What's going to happen when we get in the postseason and these guys have pitched three, four games of postseason stressful innings? Well, I'll mention too, just real quick. Uh, right behind Lane Thomas is Josh Lowe of your Rays, and yeah, maybe twenty thirty nice boy. Yeah, reached the nice round numbers of twenty thirty. Is he a, a part of that first place AL labor team? I was. Feeling, he is. I had a sneaking suspicion. He is. Congrats. Paid. Uh, I want to say 
$2, $3. And the funny <laughs> thing is uh, Sean Childs was sitting next to me and asked me about him. And I was uh, honest. I was like, I don't know what the playing time situation could be like. And then he comes up and I bid and he's like, I didn't know you wanted him. I was like, I didn't say I didn't want him. I was just being <laughs> yeah. truthful. Like, this is what I thought. And my main reason for pursuing him is because I wanted the steals. I knew that he had been one of the best guys in the minors as far as stolen base efficiency. Uh, I think he had been caught two times over the past three seasons. It's like, I wanted him for that reason. And that's paid off perfectly. The power, I mean, he's been probably the team's best hitter over the last six, seven weeks. Uh, and I really enjoyed seeing the the mature approach, the two strike approach. Uh, if you look at you know, things that you worry about next year, a lot of his production is, is built into some absurd numbers with two strikes runner and scoring position junk. That's just not a skill that you can repeat year over year. Uh, but you can see some of the changes he's making in two strike counts where he's shortening up the swing, looking to go back up the middle, some uh, different things like that. And it's working for him right now. Uh, where at one point this season, he looked, he went through a pretty massive slump right there mm -hmm. when the team was slumping in July, where it was like, okay, this magic may be over. Yeah, uh, but then he that. made some corrections and, and really has looked, uh, really has looked good here over the last six, seven weeks. I do remember that little slump, but good on uh, Josh Lowe really finding it and working his way out of it and having a great season. Jason, wish you the best of luck in bringing home that uh, AL Labor title. And thank you. For everybody who listened this season, good luck as you all try to chase down championships. I know you got to get out of here, Jason, so we'll, we'll wrap up the show. But anything else on your mind here? Uh, no, just please continue. Uh, you know, good luck to everybody as well. It's going to be a stressful weekend uh, in a yeah. couple of places. But, you know, thanks for the feedback to some of the commenters. I started the accountability series this last week uh, on the, uh, the bold predictions, taking a look back. And I started with the AL hitters. Uh, which quite honestly wasn't pretty. Uh, you know, I, I did really well saying like Zach Geloff could be the next like Brock Purdy version where like nobody was drafting Zach Geloff when I made yeah, that prediction. Right. Geloff's been great. Uh, and there were a couple others that I hit on and somebody made a comment where was like, hey, you know, you did, you were pimping Josh Lowe everywhere, even though you wrote up Brandon Lau as your bold prediction. So I appreciate the feedback. I, I do this accountability thing every year because I believe it's really important for us. If we're going to go out there and say things and like give people look back and say, okay, where did I screw up? Where did I do really well? And how can I adjust that? And I think one of the lessons that's come out of this early as I, I'm working on the NL hitter one now um, is maybe not leaning so much into circumstance. Like, like, oh, hey, this guy should do well because this, 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 and this. And then looking at the circumstance and giving it more weight than the actual skill set. Uh, and so that's just one of the things I want to take a look at as I sit down and begin to um, you know, get our get the 2024 draft prep because you know todd and i have xfl in uh four weeks we'll be drafting so it's like i gotta yeah. get that that all going on draft season starts monday basically um, yet, or it's already started for well i'm surprised the league that i'm in we usually start drafting the last weekend of the season unless they've taken me off of the email list um I'm, we call it the premature draft relation league with derek van riper we are the athletic and non-athletic well not, you can figure out which one is which from me and dvr um athletic and non-athletic will not be defending our championship uh but hopefully we're invited back to the league but anyway I'm well, just... yeah, i i want to say thank you guys too for all the great work you've done at rotowire not only this season but you know over your careers and uh i know it's a grind so congrats on getting to the end of the year appreciate that now along those lines i need to, what i'm i got nothing to do tonight i don't have rankings to prepare for tomorrow i mean <laughs> what am i what am i supposed to do I mean, I can't. Good question. Go, You'll find some. I mean, I, I'll watch the games, but I kind of watch those anyway. So kick your feet. Nah, up just yeah. It's, no, I'm just being a little, little bit, little bit silly here. Um, but you know, I mean, I don't think I don't think I'm like you need to do your job. I don't think it's. I think Clay, you'll appreciate this too. Is yeah, I'm doing my job. We're doing our jobs, but kind of need a little bit of a refresh. You know, deadline yeah. here. Get this done there. Kind of looking forward to. Um, you know, still working hard in the off season, but having a little less time constraint around it. Uh, and, you know, then come, come March, I'll be talking to you. And I'm going to say, I can't wait for the season to start. I mm. need to know what I'm doing when I need structure. So it's just this cycle. Yeah. I love the grind, but I'm also, I'm ready for a breather from the grind a little bit. Uh, but thank you guys for being with us. It's been a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, thank you all you listeners 
for being with us. You know, we've done this seven days a week, I think, throughout the entire season. So, all right, not us personally, but the, the crew. And so, tip of the cap to everybody at RotoWire. Thank you all for listening. Bring home those titles, and we'll talk to you soon on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.